Jim Shoemaker, David Rochester, and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, today our first guest, right off the bat, we're going to introduce you to something that's going on, a big event this week in the city, in the area, and the fact that it's our it's our churches doing a lot of things, but it's one particular church working with a large organization that does a lot of work with dentists and working for with patients. And uh, we're especially privileged to have the missions pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church, Mr. Ben Taylor, or Dr. Ben Taylor. I need to be sure I say that, Dr. Ben Taylor. He is with us, and we're going to talk about the mission of mercy taking place in our city, in our hometown, this weekend uh, at Bellevue Baptist Church. Welcome to the program, Ben. Glad to be here, Jim. Thank you. You know, Ben, we talk about mission of mercy. Now, what just for our listening audience, it's been going on for quite some time, but what is Mission of Mercy? Mission of Mercy is a charitable dental clinic. That means that for two days, uh, we will set up a dental clinic for uh, patients to be able to come and have free dental care, uh, completely free of charge. There's no paperwork needed to come and, and uh, to register and be prepared. You can just come and be able to have your needs met. So when you talk about uh, dental clinic, now I know Bellevue has a mobile dental clinic. Right. This is not the mobile dental clinic. This no. is dentists from all over the area right. coming together. Uh, you, you, today, you have things coming in. Mm-hmm. and w- Tell us about the setup that's taking right. place. Yeah, so uh, we will have probably 150 dental chairs all throughout the clinic, and we have dental professionals, the best in the industry from all around Memphis, the Mid-South. Last uh, last time that we did this back in 2020, we had eight different states represented of dental per- and medical professionals. And so we really have an opportunity for the churches of Memphis and the dental professionals and medical professionals and just general volunteers come together to serve our city in a unique way to help meet those physical needs. And you're actually cooperating with the Memphis Dental Society. That's, it, that's you know, right. You're working together. It's a cooperative agreement right. that you guys come in. We provide facilities, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got all the gymnasiums, I believe, at right. the Grace Building at mm-hmm. the church. And uh, so it's amazing. I mean, how many patients do you think will go through this? And I guess... Can they expect a two-day wait? <laughs> right. That's important. Yeah, this is a first-come, first-served event. Um, the doors open each day at 6 a.m., uh, but we're hoping to see between fifteen to 1,700 patients this year. Fifteen to 1,700 patients. Now, I'm a patient. I'm walking through. Tell me what steps I need to go. Where, where I mean, it's church is a big church. Mm-hmm. It's uh, which parking lot. I right. mean, how do I right. find and what do I do? You want to come on the west side of the church. It will be uh, right off of Appling Road. And once you come on our campus, you'll see signage and lines and those types of things that will help you find your way. Can I can I come early? I mean, six o'clock is when it starts. If right. I come at five forty-five, am I too late? Or? I would encourage you to come early. Normally. 
we have to cut the line off before the doors even open, meaning that we know that we have enough patients in line to meet our capacity. So I would encourage people to get there as early as they can. All right. I know there's an armband that you're given and mm-hmm. you said, you know, so so what you're saying is as you get in line, let's say I got there at four o'clock. I mean, right. can, you know, get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm in line. I get an armband. I'm assured of being seen with that armband. Right. If I'm in line and don't have an armband, that's right. I if you close mm. the line and say we've got a, when you say capacity, there's only so many dentists and only right. so many procedures they can do. Right. So they know that number. And the Memphis Dental Society, along with what you're doing with the missions mm-hmm. department at the church, it's kind of like uh, w- it's very controlled. It's mm-hmm. not scattered. And it's no. not chaotic. Yeah, we, we do our best to make sure no one leaves disappointed. We have opportunities, and as soon as we know that we've met capacity, we start making that announcement. No one will wait in line all day hoping to be seen and not be seen. As soon as we know that we've met capacity, we will start turning people okay, away. Okay, so another bottom, bottom line, that was very critical. Yep. You're waiting in line, you're waiting in line, it's now, and you you know, well, I didn't get to be seen right. today. But if I got an armband, I'm going to get seen the day I got the armband. That's exactly right. That's so important. If you just tuned in, my guest is Dr. Ben Taylor. He is the pastor of mission of the missions department at Bellevue Baptist Church. We're talking about the event. It's Mission of Mercy. It's a cooperative with the Memphis Dental Society and the church giving the the ability for patients who re- need care, receive care. And that's critical when it comes to teeth. You know, Ben, I know teeth can be something that we say we're taking care mm-hmm. of, but it can get to be a serious problem. And mm-hmm. so what or what are the services that the dentist and the dental assistants and all that that's going what are they actually doing where you'll have an opportunity to pick one procedure and those procedures will range from cleanings uh, extractions uh, fillings and other minor uh, opportunities and procedures just depending on the number of folks that uh, we can we can all see. right if i happen to be a patient that i show up and they say you know you've got a bigger problem than, mm-hmm. than a tooth to be removed. Right. What happens? Am I just in trouble? Am I sent away or what happens? We try to give them some follow-up opportunities. UT Dental uh, right here at the College of Dentistry in our own uh, backyard is a great resource for individuals to, to get uh, just low uh, expense dental procedures that we might not be able to provide through the Christian Mobile, or through the Mid-South Mission of Mercy. So if I uh, if I'm if I'm coming, I get the armband. I'm mm-hmm. in line. I'm going to be whether it's Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be seen. I'm going to be seen by a dentist, uh, right. you know, or his assistant, or the cleanings, mm-hmm. tooth extractions, other minor things. Nothing like like a you know. I'm not going to get a, a root canal. Uh, there are there is a potential for root canals, just minor, uh, or there's only a few just because of how long those procedures take. Uh, we're not going to be able to do full mouth extractions or dentures, anything like that. Uh, there are opportunities for individuals that may be missing a front tooth for that to be fixed. Uh, but other than that, um, w- those are very limited uh, procedures. All right. Are they, are you just kind of covered what my next question mm-hmm. was, what is not perceived or yep. not received there? Yep. So. Mission of Mercy, it's at Bellevue Baptist Church. It is a cooperative agreement or working relationship between the church, Bellevue Baptist, and the Memphis Dental Society. We've got dentists. We've got all the professionals there. They're going to do the screening, getting, you know, x-rays. They're going to mm-hmm. do the, It's just right. like you're going to the dentist. Right. I mean, this is no different than somebody. You just get in line, get your armband. Mm-hmm. 
is there anything that would prevent someone from actually being seen? It would be maybe some underlying health issues that they may not know about. If somebody comes and they're a diabetic and their uh, glucose levels are high, they won't be able to be seen. Or if they have blood pressure issues, they won't be able to be seen. Uh, or if we just don't have the capacity to do the procedure at that time because of the amount of patients that we've seen. All right. So in other words, they are they are screened. They're just not. This is this is critical for people to to mm-hmm. understand. This is a professional, yep. well organized. Mm-hmm. They go all over the United States doing this. Right. This is just and this is the group that's coming to Memphis and it's the Memphis Dental Society with the church. Mm-hmm. But this is not just just happening here. This is going to happen in other cities in mm-hmm. Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, right. but also all over the United States. That's exactly right. There's an organization called America's Dentist Cares Foundation and that foundation has the equipment that the Memphis Dental Society rents and then we're able to host the event at our uh, location because of the the size of our gyms. If you just tuned in again. My guest, Dr. Ben Taylor, he is the pastor of missions at Bellevue Baptist Church. We're talking about the Mission of Mercy. That's an event that will be taking place this weekend, Bellevue Baptist Church, Friday and Saturday. When we come back, we're going to give you a couple of things that you need to bring if you would like to do that. Go to answer the question, is there food? Is there water? Are you just going to be stuck in line with no help or nothing? There's going to be some people loving on you. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the key because of where it's going to be taking place. And so I think you'll find it to be extremely, extremely valuable to those who need dental care. When we come back, don't want to miss it. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Well, welcome back. Just to remind you, coming up in just a few minutes, Michael Powell and... Also, David Rochester, we're going to talk about some simple tax tips that maybe at this time of the year are very, very important to you. We've just got a couple of weeks before the old tax, you know, we've got to get it done. And don't wait till the last minute. We found out about 25% people wait until the last two weeks. Now, I know no one listening has done that. But just in case you might fall into that group Michael's going to walk through some simple things that we need to know about lowering tax bill. And then David's going to help us understand some charitable giving. If you didn't do the charitable giving in 2022, but you're planning to do it in 2023, David's going to walk us through some very specific guidelines and some thoughts about planning your charitable giving for 2023. But I'm talking with Dr. Ben Taylor. He is the missions pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church. We're talking about Mission of Mercy. It's an event that takes place this weekend, Saturday excuse me, Friday and Saturday. Uh, It's a cooperative with the Memphis Dental Society, Bellevue, and many churches here in the Mid-South are also participating. And we just want to thank everybody that we do this and make this available for our hometown people. But if you're not, if you happen to be listening and you're not from Memphis, that does not exclude you Mm -hmm. from getting the benefit of Mission of Mercy. I got to ask this, Ben, it, you know, what have I got to fill out? Have I got to come right. in with a driver's license and, you know, my boating registration, my mother's mm-hmm. letter, right. all those things? Is that, what have I got to do? No, all you will do is you will come in, uh, no, re- no ID is required, um, no 
type of uh, paperwork is required, you will just fill out a medical history form. And that medical history form just allows the doctors and physicians to know that you are healthy enough to have treatment. And so there is nothing that would keep you from coming other than just not being present. How long is it going to take me? Just let's say I show up and uh, I get in line, I'm, mm-hmm. whether I show up at four o'clock in the morning or 15 minutes to six, but I get yep. the armband yep. and I am included in the one that we know is going to be seen Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. whatever day you choose. Am I expecting to be there all day or, or a couple of hours or what? Some of it depends on the procedure, but I would estimate that once you walk inside the clinic, you would probably be there between two and a half to three hours. Okay, so that needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and parking is plenty of parking for people. They need to do that. And what about if you've brought somebody, but you're not going to go through? Is there a place for that person to go and wait for them to get through the dental clinic? Or are they just, are they got to go with them? What's what's going to happen? With yeah, that is, if that person is able to go on their own, then we would ask that the individual not getting treatment would wait in their car. Uh, but if there's somebody that needs help with because they're handicapped, then that person could stay with them. Um, the big thing is, is families, they come. Um, and a lot of times they want their, their, they need to be seen and their children need to be seen. If, uh, if a parent has to be seen, there has to be two guardians with the children. The children will never be left alone with uh, without an adult guardian with them. Okay, so their guardian, their, their parent, guardian. or someone's designated by the parent. That's, that's what right. you're saying. So that's children right. can be seen. Yes. There's a pediatric you know, group. My wife actually works in the pediatric mm-hmm. group, so I know that. And so there has to be a guardian with them at all times. At all times. Okay, that's, yep. that's very important. What about COVID? I mean, obviously, maybe we don't feel quite as it's bad but it's mm. still going to be in a dental clinic. So what about COVID sure. precautions? Yeah, uh, we talked at the top of the hour just about the idea that we're going to be seeing between 15 and 1,700 patients. Traditionally, we will see between 2,000 and 2,100 patients. We've had to reduce the number of chairs in the clinic so that we can make adequate space for COVID precautions. Uh, all patients will be required to wear a mask uh, as soon as they enter in the clinic. All volunteers will be required to wear a mask while they are in uh, the clinic facility as well. And so we are doing our best to mitigate any um, issues that we could have with COVID, but understanding that uh, the numbers are down, but it is still around. You know, I want to make sure we say this because I I know some people get very disappointed. They're not there at 430 in the morning and they, they, they may feel like, well, you know, I'm closed out. A lot of people, though, are able to come even later than six, you mm-hmm. know, and still get in line and yep. still get accepted and get their armband and go through. So it's kind of like you just need to be sensitive. You don't need to get too upset with what's going on. It's very orderly. It's very well organized, as we say. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's a loving group of people loving on each other, spending some time. I mean, I have a blast with the group I end up working yep. with. And it's always fun because you, you kind of um, build relationships and it's mm-hmm. a really great time great thing for the city to do uh, need to understand that COVID's going to be everybody's wearing a mask uh, everybody can be seen just mm-hmm. get in line and uh, again repeat what type of dental care are we talking about we're looking at cleanings extractions if you need a tooth that needs to be pulled we will help do that we'll have some of the best oral surgeons on staff with us uh, that in the city and so we'll be able to do that and then also fillings and other restorative operations such as um, uh, root canals only on a small scale though. on a small scale mm-hmm. food and water is provided yep we'll make sure that you have enough snacks and water that um, you're taking 
taken care of while you're on the clinic. Yeah, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. Again, it's called Mission of Mercy. It's being take, It's taking place at Bellevue Baptist Church in the Grace Building. It's the west entrance off of Appling Road. Dr. Ben Taylor, uh, if you really need help, you just look for him. He's the guy that's got the big radio, mm-hmm. and he's running around busy. There's a couple <laughs> of other guys I yeah. ought to mention, but I won't, yeah. I won't do that. Ben, you do a wonderful job. Again, I so much appreciate it, and I've kind of overstated it a couple of times, but it is a, a great amount of, of procedure. It's orderly. It works, and you see a lot of people, and you're trusting right. a lot of people. That's right. It's Memphians loving on Memphians, yeah, and I can't think of anything better. That's how we do our hometown. That's Thank right. you, man. So yeah. much appreciated. Mm-hmm. All right. My t- it's time to talk taxes, and it's time to talk charitable giving. I have two smart people here in this studio with me, Micah Powell and David Rochester. David, you know, we're going to talk about charitable giving, but I feel like because the pressure is on with taxes. So can I move to, to you know, talk, let's talk taxes first. Let's talk taxes. All right, Michael, you're up, partner. I'd really, you know, here's some thoughts for you. When I look at this idea behind all the tax problems we've got, and I want to kind of lean in, what do you see as some of the strategies that people, whether they realized them for this year or should they be planning for them, what are some of these strategies for itemization that, you know, this pay attention to itemizing? I think the big thing to remember is that itemizing has changed a lot in the past couple of years due to the tax laws that have changed. Exactly. So yeah. the standard deduction doubled. I think, what was it, 2018 when that became effective exactly. or 2019? But um, I think if you are itemizing, to keep in mind that medical expenses is probably something to pay attention to the most because I know the past two years we've had a lot of different medical problems come up with the pandemic, people neglecting their health because they're staying at home more and not going to the doctor routinely. But uh, there are things you can deduct that aren't reimbursed from like health insurance that you can uh, use towards your taxes Um Different examples I could throw out, but, you know, there are some things you can uh, deduct from your adjusted gross income. And so really what you're saying, when we talk about tax preparation now, again, we're at that point where get all your data together, get ready to go to your tax preparer Mm -hmm. and as much as possible. What I think is important for our listening audience to understand, don't wait till the two weeks before. I know. (laughs) That would, if we could help people understand at this time, it's really maybe, I'm not going to say too late, it's never too late, you sure. can find something that is definitely something you can itemize, but just the planning process, planning for next year for is sure. what we're talking about. So I, I think it's important, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Michael Powell and David Rochester, talking about tax tips and those thoughts around charitable giving, the ideas about all of this, how it plays into the mid-year, and we're not actually mid-year, but the day being two weeks from tax time for this year, the reality is, what are you doing and thinking about for next year? That's that's the key. What about the sale of a house, Michael? I mean, a lot of people are thinking about selling their house or they've sold their house. Yes. And that can be an enormous tax problem. It can be, yes. And they need to be sensitive to it. Oh, for sure. I, I think we've all heard the term seller's market. Yes. People are... Moving all across the country, selling houses, buying them. It's a crazy time we're living in, especially with that. And uh, people don't realize that when you buy a house and you sell it for more than you paid for it, you know, there can be some tax consequences involved with that. And since 1997, they have had what we call a, an exclusion from uh, home sales on profits. If at least, if you've lived in that home, they're your primary residence for at least two out of the last past five years. You can exclude up to five hundred thousand dollars in profits from 
taxes if you file jointly with a with a married person or single it's 250,000 and that hasn't changed since 1997 we know inflation's a big hot topic now cost of living's going up and houses have appreciated a lot over the past like 20 years of course so that's something to keep in mind too uh, because if you go above that number, that whether it's two fifty or five hundred, depending on whether you're single or married, you're going to have to pay what's you know long-term capital gains on the profits above that. You know, and the problem is, so many times people say, "Well, I'm married; it's five hundred thousand." All of a sudden, they're widowed, mm-hmm. and now they're a single father, and now they're trying to you know it's that say, "Well, I'm going to move to this place, or I'm going to go closer to the kids, or something, whatever." And they go to sell their house, and it all of it, it's kind of you talk about the 1997 was when this law was enacted. Right. The reality is, it went from 500,000, which is substantial, to half that, just a yeah. quarter of a million. That could be a big issue. It if can. You're selling a house that you've had for a long time, and with the appreciated, it could be a half million on a home. That's a great point. I mean, especially whether it's divorce or being widowed. I think that's really important. But I think whatever tax topic we're going to talk about, you know, tracking it, I think it's important just to know that keep receipts, take care of, like, you know, tracking this stuff, at least on a monthly basis. When you say keeping receipts, let's talk about what you're talking about. Is sure. that, that's the home repair. Home repairs, yes. Re, re, remodeling the kitchen. Right. Okay, that's what people need to refer. Sometimes we just forget, you know, I spent I spent. $30,000 remodeling the bathroom or a kitchen, yes. and I forget to add that to my bases, the the, mm-hmm. the, the cost. Of yeah, that. there are steps you can take with that because your tax bill will be based on your net gain, mm. which that means the amount you sold your house minus the adjusted basis. And that the stuff that can add to your basis is things that you do for home improvements, like the kitchen stuff. But maintenance stuff like I'm just, you know, maintaining my roof or whatever. That that doesn't count. Okay, that's good for us to know. When we come back, I want to talk about tax benefits and children. Sure. That's always important, and we're talking about charitable giving, too. Stay with us, because I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Financial professionals do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific situation. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the mighty 990, AM 990 and FM 107.9. I want to remind you, if you listen to the first half of the program, Dr. Ben Taylor was here talking about Mission of Mercy at Bellevue Baptist Church. It's a cooperative with the Memphis Dental Society with several churches here in the Mid-South and uh, just literally something you need to put on your calendar if you are needing dental care and it is a cost to you that you want it provided because it's absolutely free. And uh, you just simply need to get in line around 4.30, 5 o'clock and see if you can get you a, ru- a band. And that'll put you into the system and uh, you'll be able to be seen by a professional. That is so, so important for you. It's a great opportunity if you need dental care. I am talking with Michael Powell. We are talking about tax I started to say loopholes, but that's yeah. Not, that's I don't not, know if that's a that's good word. Not, I, would, I don't think I want to say. But the reality is tax, you know, let's just say strategies. 
you know, and I think I think Michael, people, you know, say, well, Jim, it's two weeks, and maybe this will help, but really. So, sure, tax strategies, some of these ideas we're talking about, we're going to talk about, you know, families and children and some of the benefits were there. And, yes, that's for 2022 tax return. We'll talk about that. But we're also talking about preparing now, doing some, you know, looking at what you have and how you're looking at And don't wait till next year this time for what you could do in 2022. Right. Do it now. So let's talk about the tax benefits for families with children that came out of the you know the CARE Act and all those things that we talked about years you know a couple of years ago. Yeah, sure. And before I get into that, because we're going to talk about tax credits and tax deductions, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to define what those two are because one is more valuable than the other. And uh, when you talk about a tax deduction, what that does is it lowers your tax liability by reducing your taxable income. And a tax credit is a dollar for dollar reduction of income t- that income tax that is owed and that 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 tax credit is a lot more valuable if i think about if i owe taxes every dollar counts towards reducing that and that's important for people to know so as you're planning through this knowing the difference between a deduction and a credit knowing how to use a deduction and a credit very important Michael. yes and just to tie that in with children the expanded child tax credit that was happening with the cares act mm-hmm. uh, the irs was actually advancing those tax credits to families uh, from July to December 21st, or December of 2021 this year. And what that really does is it gives parents the opportunity that they can claim up to $3,600 for each child younger than age six and $3,000 of tax credit for each child between ages six and 17. But just keep in mind, though, Jim, that these are actually limited based on your income. So tax credits can be reduced just based on how your household income is. But the first credit is reduced uh, from 2000 per child if your 2021 income exceeds at least 150000 on a joint return and half of that if you're a single filer. So just pay attention. Don't. This is what we're trying to say. Look at it this year. Look at 2022, what's going to be mm-hmm. available to us in 2022. Start planning through that process. Again, don't wait to literally two weeks before tax term mm-hmm. next year. All and right. there's also no limit to how many eligible kids you may claim. Mm. So if you have 12 kids, me and my wife, we watch Cheaper by the Dozen <laughs> a couple nights ago. I, that gave me anxiety just thinking yeah, about that household. Yeah. But if you had 12 kids, you could claim all 12. All 12. And then, what about education for families and children? Well, as along with, you know, of course, education for children, is, I also want to bring up adults, too, especially okay. if you're trying to improve your education, get a promotion, get a master's. Uh, cost of college, as we know, or education in general, has just greatly increased over the past couple of years like we've talked about. But if you're a parent right now with a child in college, you can uh, look into the American Opportunity Credit. That's an important one, and it's available for up to $2,500 of college tuition and those related expenses, but not room and board uh, that are paid during, throughout the year. Uh, so that's a big one that people can do. Another one that people can do, uh, if you uh, went back to school, it's not necessary. I don't have kids, but I am improving my education. There is the lifetime learning credit that people can look into. And what that credit does, it's calculated as 20% up to $10,000 of qualified expenses. So as much as you could get is $2,000 of tax credit in a year. But uh, these are things, if you're improving your employment, whether it's going to get a master's, uh, doing some just additional learning just because you're bored and want to do something different, or maybe you're looking at a career change, 
uh, those are some things that you can actually do um, to reduce your tax and uh, taxable liability. Hey, Michael, I've got a question for you. We were talking about how everybody gets, or a lot of people get close to tax filing date and maybe thinking there's nothing else we can do. But for last year, is it is it too late to, if, if I qualify to put money in an IRA or if I'm a small business owner to put money in some type of you know, retirement plan or something like that? It actually isn't. No, you're right. And I also will preface this as consult your tax professional to make sure it does make sense for you as far as putting money in those type of retirement plans. But yes, in, in most cases, you can put in those uh, contributions to those type of accounts, David, until April 18th this year, because April 15th is on Good Friday, which is recognized as a holiday. So just keep that in mind. There you go. That's great. Great, great, great point, guys. Let me, the moment, I want to kind of tie this together for us. And Michael, you've done a great job, and I want to kind of lean into some of these ideas about charitable giving. And David, I'm, I'm thinking about bunching because that's a term that we've kind of used here recently. So stay with me. We want to ask that question about bunching because so many people are wondering what in the world does that mean. But Michael, if I had to summarize, if you look at these itemized deductions, you, you've talked about some specifics. You talked about child care. Mm-hmm. You've talked about basically education, uh, all of these. And then it's just a matter of paying attention. The big one, I think, that you mentioned was if you're selling your home because so many Mid-Southerners, our hometown people, are selling their home. Right. So reality is, could you summarize this? Could you kind of – itemizing, we, we kind of look at it and say, well, I don't have to itemize anymore. But you need to pay attention – and if you can, you should. Right. No, exactly. And I think uh, being a good tracker of your expenses in general is important, just like budgeting. That's medical expenses. Yeah. But the big ones are medical expenses, like you said, keeping up with how much you spend at the doctor, prescriptions, all those different type of care needs. Uh, of course, home improvements, that's right. important. Right. And just keep a log of it. It's not like it's something you got to do all the time every time you replace a light bulb or something like that. That doesn't count anyway. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say uh, yeah, I've, could, I've missed that a lot. You, you could rack up a lot <laughs> on that one. But uh, child care things, uh, education costs, medical expenses, and just home improvement things in general. I think those are the big things you want to track if you are looking to itemize. All right. That's, that's important. April the 18th of this year is when you've got to have that tax return done. See your preparer, make sure you're getting all this put together. But I think what we want to stress to everybody listening, it's not something that you wait till the two weeks before your top tax filing, you know, doing your tax filing. It's the reality of thinking about it. And, and Michael, you said it's like budgeting. It's just paying attention to what you're doing and not waiting to the last minute. There are things that you may have as an opportunity mm-hmm. to do that you should be doing. So great, great thoughts here. And I, and I guess, stay with us because I want to talk about, I mentioned bunching a while ago, David, and I'm going to go to you now. And I want to say bunching is a, you know, um, that's a big word for me. I mean, what does it mean when you say bunching for, you know, bunching everything together for charitable giving? Yeah, so as, as Michael mentioned, you know, with the tax law reform, uh, with the standard deduction doubling back at, uh, after 2017 tax reform, a lot of people lost the opportunity to itemize their uh, charitable giving. Mm. So just, you know, they weren't at a point where they could do that. And yet they're still charitably inclined. They would like to take the deduction but it may just not be enough of their income. And so one way to look at that is, is you could take one or two or several years of your planned charitable gifts and give it all in one year. 
So it's bunching those years of gifts into one year. Then in those other years, you would probably go back and file a standard deduction. All right. So let's just say I'm giving $1,000 a year and to, to, charitable, to my church. Okay, let's just use it to my church. Instead of me doing it $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, and not being able to itemize, and again, you know, I don't want anybody to think that we're advocating that you have to get a tax deduction to make a charitable contribution. Right, That's right. not what we're saying. We're just saying that if you're thinking through this and you're planning, and I always like for the IRS to make any extra contribution they can on my behalf. Absolutely. And That's really what we're doing. And, and Michael mentioned that crack, uh, you know, credit versus a tax deduction. I like the fact, you know, credits are better, but it's good to get a tax deduction. And the reality is IRS is uh, Uncle Sam's making part of my contribution. Right. So if I roll my $1,000 a year up to this year, if I'm planning out my 2022, I take that, I get to itemize because I've moved it up and got to that limit that I need to be, and then I may not give out, you know, maybe not contribute next year. Or I do, I continue to contribute, I just realize that I'm not going to take that You're going to lose that deduction potentially if if, if it's not large enough to overcome the standard deduction. So the whole idea is itemization. Yeah, and I think it's a good point, too, to bring up. Whichever charity or church you're giving to and you decide to do this strategy, it may be a good idea to give them a heads up. That way uh, they don't uh, That's a great misconstrue point. like, hey, look, I'm giving in this way. Uh, this is something new that we're trying. That way, like after the next couple of years, you're not giving. They're right. like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, great. the charity may make an anticipation. You're going to give that much every year, right? Yeah. That's true. That's, <laughs> That's very true. So, so it's just communication, though. Yeah. Yes, it is. If you just tuned in, my guest, David Rochester, Michael Powell, we are now in the segment talking about charitable giving, some ideas. And the idea we're going to talk about when we come back donor advised funds. You don't want to miss that. It's very, very important to understand a donor advised fund. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Neither Securian Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Mission of Mercy, Bellevue Baptist Church, or Ben Taylor. The views and opinions expressed are those of Ben Taylor only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to remind you, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and submit, or submit, subscribe to the podcast, and then leave us a review. We would appreciate that very much. So we're talking about charitable giving ideas. We've talked about bunching, which makes a lot of sense, and especially if you're trying to make sure that you're you're just maximizing what you are allowed to do. That's a great idea. But donor advised funds. Now, now, David, I have to say, donor advised funds. I, I've used them for years, but there's so many people that I know when we mention that they've just never heard about a donor advised fund. Yeah, Jim, it's probably a relatively new idea to a lot of people, even though they've been around for a long time. So kind of going back to what we were just talking about, the bunching, you know, from a standpoint of if you're kind of on the cusp of wanting to be able to qualify for an itemized deduction, and also back to Michael's point is maybe it shouldn't all be given to that specific charity in one year, you might decide in a way, bunch or give a large gift to a donor-advised fund. You do get to take that taxable deduction that year, as long as it qualifies, it's above the standard deduction, and then you can choose to spread out the charities or um, however you want to give that over the next several years, you could still do it in that same year. And I think one thing to consider there is just kind of a word is when you think about donor advised fund, think give, grow, grant. 
you give it in one year or you can give it every year, but you give it in one year. And then you can grow that money if it's not all granted out in that year. And then you can grant it to one charity or multiple charities over the following years. That makes a lot of sense. Give, grow, and grant. And you know what we've done, my wife and I started our hours literally probably 20 years ago. And it's really, as you say, you continue to give to it. And, and you, as you say, it's grown dramatically over the, the years. And what I like about it, it is a part of our legacy you know, That's we, a great point. You know, I was going to mention that as well. I'm oh, glad okay. to hear that. So, well, but the reality is, we're teaching not only you know our grandkids and everybody else, but it's just part of that fact that we know that's going to continue to give when we're gone. Exactly, and, and it can you know it has a theme behind it. Whatever your theme is right. for your family or or the donor advised fund that you've set up, and as you said, getting you know multiple generations to buy into the idea of being givers. Right. That's a that's a great point. Donor advised fund. That's let's put that in your uh, notes and uh, make sure you're keeping aware of that, making making yourself aware of that. What about a giving appreciated stock? A yeah. lot of people talk about it. A lot of people fear doing it. Right. And uh, you know, one of the things to think about there is, you know, the stock market's been pretty generous over the past years. You right. Know, and, and we know that there may be opportunities where somebody has a stock that there's been a large appreciation between what they paid for it. So. You know, if they paid fifty dollars for it, now it's worth three hundred. If they were to just sell that stock and want to give the cash to charity, well, they got to pay tax first, okay, and then give the net amount to charity. So, from a standpoint of the efficiency, less efficient than if they could just give that appreciated stock to the charity itself. In that case, they get to deduct the full value, okay. So, that's kind of an easy way to give away an appreciated stock that or asset that otherwise you'd have to pay tax on first. And that would cost you a lot of money if you had to do that. Yeah. I mean, a good example is if you had owned that asset for more than a year, you're going to pay a capital gains tax on the difference between what you paid for it and its value, what we, what we call the, the, the difference in the cost basis, so the appreciation. Uh, you know, from the standpoint of, well, okay, so we're paying tax on that. If I give it directly, then I don't have to pay tax on that difference. So as far as the tax rate, long-term capital gains raised, if you own it over a year, uh, is usually going to be around 20%. However, if you bought that stock and only held it less than a year and then sold it, it's more subject to income tax rates, which are typically higher than your capital gains tax rate. You know, what we were talking earlier, too, about this and the fact that people are giving, you know, given stock when they're actually working for a company and it's usually a discounted stock or maybe they're buying stock or whatever. The reality is they'll get ready to retire and they got this large tax, uh, I mean, liability to sell the stock. Sure, sure. So, you know, if, if you work for a company for a long period of time and maybe you were granted it as part of a, a bonus or incentive, or like I say, you bought it at a discount because it was a publicly traded stock and, and you worked there, then you've got probably an immediate gain there just plus the appreciation over time. So it could be a good opportunity to really have a lot of appreciated stock that you could start gifting. Bottom line is we want to remind everybody we're not trying to give you tax advice. We're talking about things you need to think about. But the reality is... If you're really interested, just go to your tax preparer and ask the questions that we're kind of reminding you that this is important when it comes to 
planning out your taxes for 2023. Don't wait till two weeks before when it's next year. Do it now. Gifting complex assets, David. That's complex. It's a big word, but it's real estate. It's Bitcoin. It's That's those right. things. That yeah, complex. You've got to be very careful there. I like Michael's point. You know, Refer to your tax advisor yep. because it's very specific about what you can and not and cannot gift uh, equitably easily. So, but real estate's a great example, Bitcoin, uh, things like that. All right, so you can gift complex ideas or assets. Just go through that process and, and know what you can do. I mean, well, and make sure the charity you want to gift it to can accept it. <laughs> and wants it. And yeah. wants it. Good point. That's a great because good sometimes point. they don't, I mean, that's right. especially real estate. Uh, right. That's important for everybody to know. When you're planning and you're thinking through this, if it's the family farm or the family house or whatever you're trying to give away, just make sure that you contact the charity, say what you've got, say what you're planning on doing, and see how they feel about it. That's critical. All right, last but not least, big time, charitable giving by using your qualified money that you accumulated in your 401k or something, and now you're saying, instead of me taking my RMD, what can I do? Okay, well, let's define a couple of things because those are some big words, and you know we tend to use acronyms, but required minimum distribution. If you are 70 and a half or older and you have pre-tax money that you're required to distribute from an IRA or a 401k or something like that, then you can make arrangements to gift that requirement or distribution, what's called a qualified charitable distribution, directly from the custodian to the charity, again, as long as the charity can receive it. And that amount can be up to $100,000 per year. So... And, and that depends on what your required distribution is. So if your required distribution is 20000 you can't do 100 but uh, you can do up to 100 even if your RMD is, is greater. So from that standpoint, what you're not observing is the income because required minimum distribution normally means you have to take a distribution during your retirement and pay income taxes on it. So if you don't need that or don't need all of it, you can give it directly and not observe the income on that required distribution for that year. So a dollar becomes a dollar. That's exactly right. And As opposed to a dollar tax becomes something less. And that's like 80 cents or 75 or cents or Correct. whatever. And I think so many people know that. We're telling a lot of people that. It's amazing that uh, they they sometimes don't know exactly how to go. Kind of describe it. I mean, how do you actually do that? Is it, again, put all on the charity to do it or do do I just how do I notify No, you know it's it's it can be complicated but it's typically pretty easy. You want to work with your uh, retirement plan provider or IRA provider, but typically you can just give them the instructions. They have to be very detailed about how to make the check payable directly to the charity. Normally it will have to be sent via mail or some other direct method. Um, and then the charity receives that, and you don't recognize that as income. So you don't receive it. No. And that's what I want people you know, to understand. No, you, you don't, don't want the check payable to you first, <laughs> right. right? It needs to be paid directly to the charity. And, again, you've got to qualify, make sure the charity is qualified. They have to be a recognized charity, not just, you know, your friend who started some Right, you and know, you cannot give to a donor advice fund. I that's mean, correct. You, that's not just, not in this case. Not right. from a requirement on distribution. Right. So keep that in mind. Yes. If you're going to do it, <laughs> you know, it has to go directly to the charity. Exactly. And that's, keep a paper trail. <laughs> right. Great point. <laughs> you know, make sure a, that make sure that you know. At least your tax professional knows that you did that. 
because they could totally neglect to ask that question, and that could have been and that could be a distribution you still get taxed you're on. Still going to get taxed on. It. Yeah. So you've got to communicate, communicate, communicate. So important from that standpoint. David, summarize. You're talking about charitable giving. I want to do the same thing with Michael. we got about a minute, guys. You know, overall, um, charitable giving has gone down a little bit during the, uh, you know, the COVID restrictions, people not attending maybe some of the churches and synagogues they'd attended before. So giving can be down some. Charities still need our support, whatever that charity may be. And this is a way to look at efficient ways I believe, in order to benefit you personally from a tax perspective, but still benefit the charity of your choice. Amen. That's a great point. Michael? Yeah, I think um, that's always good to know. And uh, I will just say this. I think it's uh, it's incredible what Dr. Taylor and them are doing, especially with uh, ministry, the ministry that they're doing for dental work. And I'm like, what better radio show can you have? Oh, absolutely. Than, uh talking about going to the dentist but doing your taxes, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, all right, I know where you're headed with this. Go ahead. But keep good records. Uh, <laughs> make sure you track things. And, of course, just if you got questions on it, I mean, contact your tax professional. That's the best person to call. I got you. Two things you hate to do, pay your taxes and? Go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. It's fine. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks so much. I want to thank my guest, Ben Taylor, Dr. Ben Taylor of Bellevue Baptist Church. Michael Powell and David Rochester with Shoemaker Financial. If you have questions regarding the mission of mercy, you can call Ben at 901-347-2000. That's 901-347-2000. If you have questions for David or Michael, you can reach them at 901-757-5757. You can find our show, Talk Money, wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We would appreciate it. Next week, we've got a packed show. Rob Clement's going to be with us talking about finding financial freedom more than money. Shannon Dyson talk about taking control of your company's health care expense. And Daniel Erdwin, a frequent guest with Mid-South Better Business Bureau, cryptocurrency-related scams and warnings about debt collection scams. That's a mouthful. You don't want to miss that program. It's very, very important. That's Wednesday and Saturday mornings right here on KWAM, the Mighty 990 at 9 a.m. And if you have questions, you can send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Hey, thank you so much for listening with us today. We appreciate it. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker, David Rochester, and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 